traveling the world searching for equestrians of all breeds. The journey starts now on the International Equine Network. Good afternoon, equestrians. This is Scott Miller from the International Equine Network. We're here again on Thursday afternoons at 1 o'clock. We are really uh, enjoying this week. Uh, Everything's back to normal in the horse industry in all breeds, all disciplines, in all countries. Um, It's kind of exciting now because we've got a lot of the um, shows coming up that are getting into uh, close to getting towards championships. uh, usually by the 1st of May, uh, all your um, show venues in, in the south and out west are, you know, h- heading towards their um, uh, summer schedule and their spring schedule. And it's uh, getting pretty exciting because it's kind of narrowing down, you know, what horses we have and where they're going and, um, you know, what they've done. And, and it's kind of exciting, um, especially when you get into, like, um, the show horse industry there's a series of uh, shows, and they go to 12 different countries. It's called the Longines uh, Global Horse Tour, or Champions Tour. Sorry about that. And um, they're, they're really good. Uh, uh, they have a, one show that's coming here to South Florida. Um, it's a horse show, and it's literally on the beach. Uh, they won't go out to the beach in South Florida, and uh, they uh, install a, a, an arenas. Uh, for the horses to show, and they're they're showing right on the ocean's edge. Um, it's really a great time to go to. You got a lot of good hot, hot, uh, hotels, and you know it's everything's good for the horsemen there. And um, you know th- those are things that you can go and see and visit with, and it's really good. Um, we got the Kentucky Horse Park coming up. They've got a lot of uh, summer series programs that have a lot of national champion events there all throughout the summer and, and into the fall. Um, we have um, the World Equestrian Center in Ocala. Uh, it's amazing uh, what they have there and what they're doing now with uh, the things that they're uh, uh, bringing to uh, the show horse industry. Uh, it's just, uh, it's really good. We have the Winter Equestrian Festival um, in high gear here in Wellington, uh, Florida. Um, we have uh, the California circuit that's going on uh in California, uh, which is really a, a great circuit to watch. And there's just so many things to do in the horse industry that, um, you know, people don't really realize what all is going on, uh, you know, here. And so that's what we're trying to do is make everybody aware of what's going on and kind of give them a little bit of insight of um, who's doing what and, and uh, you know, that type of thing. Um, one of the things that uh, we're looking for is we're looking for call-ins. Uh, we would like to have people call in to, uh, uh, to our shows and um, uh, let us know what's going on with them uh, in the horse industry. It doesn't matter what discipline you're in or where you're located at. Um, our call-in number is 323-744-4841. And uh, just give us a call and let us know, um, you know, w- uh, what we could do to help you, um, you know, answer your questions. Um, you know, <laughs> I was just talking to some people the other day, and uh, they were talking about um, their traveling, and uh, they're buying a um, uh, RV, and it's going to be a nice fifth wheel, and they're going to travel the country uh, uh, doing uh, horse shows, and um, they're they're going to expand to different states now, 
uh, instead of being just like Florida or Kentucky or New York, uh, they're going to go out west to Parker, Colorado. They're going to go to California. They're going to kind of make it a uh, a working uh, horse uh, vacation type all summer long. And they're going to spend several weeks in one location, and and that's why they're getting the RV. Um, so, um, you know, that that's one of the things that uh, uh, we hope that our, our listeners will call in and ask us questions. We can answer anything you need to know um, about your uh, uh, RV. Uh, we can answer anything you need to know about your horses, uh, where they need to go. Uh, uh, you know, you just name it, we'll answer it and, uh, we'll give you, we'll get you in touch with the uh, right people, uh, to, uh, get a hold of, uh, to help you with your, your, your problems or any things that you might need to, to know about. Uh, you know, that's one of the things that, uh, we, we like is about, uh, the horse industry is we all have a common ground. Uh, we all have, um, uh, you know, the questions, uh, and we don't have all the answers, but we know who can get you the answers. And that's the main thing about the horse business is getting people that have the answers. And it's very difficult at times to, um, you know, find those uh, people, especially when you're in the horse business. And, and I'll tell you why. It's because you're committed to the horses 24-7, and uh, you have to stay on a routine. Uh, they're, they're creatures of habit, and if you break that habit, then that can upset your training, that could upset your horse. Uh, there's just a lot of things that could happen, you know, uh, with that. So um, just uh, give us a call. Uh, call in at 323-744-4841, and we'll, we'll answer your questions and everything. So to show you how um, things are getting back in full swing here, uh, we've got um, – uh, some news here about some of the racetracks and uh, the derby doings, and uh, we got we just got a lot of uh, things that we can talk to you about here. And one of the things is the Charlestown Classic purse back up to a million dollars for 2022. Um, during the COVID and everything, uh, some of the tracks cut their purse money, and you know it. Um, stopped a lot of people from coming because of the COVID and everything. And it, and it was kind of a sad, you know, sad to see uh, what they do. But the Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races had released its 2022 live racing calendar and open stake schedule for the coming uh, year following an approval by the West Virginia Racing Commission at its February 22nd meeting. The calendar calls for 174 days of live racing, including Wednesday through Saturday schedule, uh, in March, April, May, and May, as well as September through December, uh, which racing uh, will be on Thursday, Friday, and Saturdays uh, the remainder of the year. Post time um, for all but one day on the Charlestown calendar is 7 p.m. Uh, so that, that makes it nice. You can go to work and come home and uh, um, take a shower and go out to the track and at Charlestown there and have some dinner and, and get some good uh, live entertainment in the horse racing. Um, there, but that's 7 p.m. at uh, Hollywood Casino at Charlestown races. Um, Charlestown's biggest day in 2022 follows up on a format started in 2020. Uh, it has subsequently produced two to three of the largest handles in Charlestown uh, history. 
Uh, Charlestown presents both graded stakes, the $1 million Charlestown Classic, and a $500,000 Charlestown Oaks on the same uh, same day, August the 26th card. So the Charlestown uh, Classic and Charlestown Oaks will be headline action on a 13-race program that gets underway with a special post time at 5 p.m. Instead of 7 p.m., uh, they, they backed it down to um, 5 p.m. because of uh, the stakes races they have. Um, rent for a million dollars is available in purse money uh, in its first 11 editions. The Classic uh, jumped back to seven furlongs territory for the first time since 2019 with the pandemic impacting available purses um, both in 20 and 21. 2020 and 2021. The Oaks received a purse increase to 500,000, matching where it stood in 2014, the first year it was run as a graded uh, as a graded race. Uh, the three others unrestricted stake races uh, on Classic Night undercard: the Russell Road, the Misty Bennett Pink Ribbon, and the Robert Hilton Memorial. Also received hikes to $250,000. Um, we are incredibly pleased with the results of the last two Charlestown Classic programs and look forward to ramping it up uh, the card in August. Uh, Charles McIntosh, uh, Charlestown Director of Racing, uh, said the lineup uh, of racing will be very strong and it will be, and with its projecting, as most lucrative card in the history at Charlestown. So, you know, they're stepping up the, the ante there for people to come out. Uh, Charlestown's a great community to go to, um, you know, there in West Virginia. Uh, good people, good entertainment there at the, at the casino. It's uh, really good. The food's really great. The food's really great. And uh, that's what I like to, um, you know, see uh, people stepping forward, you know, to um, – make it nicer for their clients or their customers or, you know, the people that work there. And just like I said, just about anywhere you go, um, you know, it's getting better. That says uh, we're talking about uh, Pimlico uh, in, um, in Maryland. It says Pimlico to feature 16 stake races on Preakness weekend. So Pimlico is making a whole weekend out of it. And uh, so, you know, that's a great place to go. Uh, Baltimore is a good area, a lot of good seafood, uh, a lot of um, things to do in the Baltimore area. Um, you know, not only uh, horse racing, but there's other things to do, so you can make a good uh, weekend uh, out of it. Highlighted by the 147th running of the Preakness Stakes for three-year-olds, the Middle Jewel of the Triple Crown, the Maryland Jockey Club will present 16 stakes, 10 graded were $3.8 million in purses over the Preakness weekend, May 20th and 21st. It's a historical Pimlico race course. The Preakness meet, um, the Preakness meet at Pimlico is scheduled to open May 12th and run through Tuesday, May 31st. It's an abbreviated um, meet there uh, for them um, this year. Um, uh, they're, they're working some things out and trying to uh, do some different things, remodeling, things like that. So it's going to be getting better there. With a history of dates back to 1873, making it the second oldest of the Triple Crown races, the $1.5 million Preakness going a mile and three sixteenths anchors a program of 10 stakes races. Six graded worth $2.75 million on Saturday, May 20th. Um, you know, it's a, 
uh, they're just putting the money in there and they're getting the best horses in the country there um, to, you know, to see what's going on there at Pimlico. Um, other graded stakes uh, uh, are the $200,000 Chick Lang stakes uh, for three-year-olds running six furlongs, $150,000 uh, Gallaret stakes, um, grade three for fillies and mares um, going a mile and the 16th on the, on the grass. $150,000 Maryland Sprint Stakes at six furlongs for three-year-olds and up, and $100,000 Arabian Derby for Arabian four-year-olds and up going a mile on the 16th. And what's really great about that is um, the Arabians, uh, they have one steady speed, and, and it's not like all the other uh, races, uh, but it's really interesting to see, and, that, and that's worth uh, just going out to see that day uh, in itself. Um, you know, there at Pimlico. Sophomores will be able, uh, so, sophomores will also be in the Preakness Day spotlight in both the $100,000 Sir Barton Stakes going a mile on the 16th on the dirt and $100,000 J.W. Murphy Stakes uh, going one mile on the grass. Rounding out the stakes uh, are the $100,000 Jim McKay's Turf Sprint Race, the five furlong dash for three-year-olds and up, and $100,000 skip pat uh, stakes for females, three-year-olds and up, sprinting six for a woman. Um, yeah, that's, those, that's a great race day there. Uh, every time you pick up your program and look at the quality stake races for horses from all over the country, which is really, really uh, unusual to see, you know, to have that many quality horses all in one spot at one time. Um, the 98th running of the $250,000 Black Eyed Susan Stakes, one of the premier events in the country for three-year-old fillies and contested at a mile and eight, will once again be their traditional spot as the feature on Friday, May 20th. On the Preakness Eve card, which boasts uh, six stake races, four graded, worth $1.5 million. Also on the program at the historic $300,000 uh, track is uh, the $300,000 Pimlico Stakes for three-year-olds and up has a Preakness distance of a mile and three-sixteenth, in which I was very lucky. I worked with Farm Away that set the track record um, there uh, quite a few years ago, um, and that was an enjoyable day, uh, the Pimlico Special. It's an exciting race, and you see horses from all over the country that come over for that. It's uh, really nice. Um you know, uh, the $150,000 Miss Preakness Stakes for three old fillies running six furlongs. The $150,000 Allier um, DuPont Stakes for fillies three mares, three-year-olds and up, uh, going a mile and an eighth. Uh, two grass races uh, round out the uh, Black-Eyed Susan Day card. The $100,000 Hilltop Stakes for three-year-olds fillies going a mile. Uh, and $100,000 Very One Stakes going five furlongs. Uh, for filling their three-year-olds and up. So it, it goes to show you again that uh, they, they, every track uh, will have its own special week or, you know, series of races in the spring or the fall or in the summer. And um, it, it makes for a great weekend to go out and, and take part in the festivities and, and uh, no telling what you might see, you know, there in the Baltimore area, you know, with when you go to Preakness Week. Uh, like you do for um, the Kentucky Derby, for the uh, Derby Festival. Uh, you know, you, and the Florida Derby's coming up here soon. Uh, they've got a great uh, weekend planned for them. So it's really really a good place to, you know, to go 
out and see, um, you know, horse racing and horse shows and that type of thing. Um, now, now we're going to get into something that, um, gonna, that, um, uh, we want to get out and, and let people know about, uh, our horse industry. Uh, a lot of times you see some things that, um, and hear some things in the news and, and unfortunately you just hear just a, a few minutes of it. And, um, one of the things that we'll get into in next week, uh, after some, um, more information is taken in and, and some court cases are, are, are finalized. Uh, the horse industry for a long time has always been, uh, subject to criticism. And the criticism that they get is that races are fixed. And it's natural, you know, for that to happen. And the reason that a lot of times that you hear that criticism of races being fixed or the fact that a lot of the people that bring course, uh, bring forth these allegations are people that have lost a considerable amount of money or, you know, their horse didn't win and he should have won and, you know, uh, you, you hear all these things that come up. And very rarely over the years have, um, you know, these allegations been, um, you know, charged to trainers or jockeys or owners. Uh, you know, it's just something that was just kind of, you know, the part of racing. And it wasn't taken real serious because, like I said, again, it was uh, people were saying that, um, you know, that horse, uh, you know, that race was fixed. My horse didn't win. You know, I bet a lot of money on it. You know, naturally, you're kind of angry that you lose your money and everything. And so that that was the stereotype of, of the industries, uh, harness racing and, um, you know, the thoroughbreds in it. So here over the last, um, I'd say, 10 to 12 years, um, a lot of programs have been implemented by the state racing commissions to uh, get everything in order, get clean house, to get it all in order. And so now, uh, as of uh, the 22nd of this month, um, one of the articles that uh, came out uh, in the Blood Horse magazine, it was called Government Claims Harness PED Case Involves 30 Tracks. Um, the government charges a lengthy list of victims and jurisdictions of alleged criminal activity by five people indicted in the New York federal courts for conspiracy to adulterate and misbrand performance-enhancing drugs uh, used in harness racing. Uh, the indictment, which has been um, superseded four times, lists one count uh, each against Dr. Louis Grosso, a veterinarian, Donato Polisino, owner of Delaware Veterinarian Supply Business, and harness trainees uh, Rene Allard, Richard Banca, and Thomas Gideo, the third. And I might be a little wrong on those things, which I know I am, but I'm sorry for that, um, you know, to, to do that. It says, while recently denying a motion to dismiss the indictment, U.S. District Judge um, P. Kevin Castile ordered government prosecutors to provide defense counsel a bill of particulars uh, the scope of the particulars released on Monday by the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Southern District of New York covers a wide swath. Uh, among, among victims named uh, 
as objects of the conspiracy in the particulars uh, are the betting public, the Food and Drug Administration, Drug Enforcement Agency, U.S. Customs, Border Protection, Canadian, uh, Canada Border Service Agencies, and the United States Trotting Association or Agency. It says from um, from there, the documents list as victims 30 racetracks from uh, the following: Batavia Downs to Harris, uh, Harris, Philadelphia to Northfield Park. Red Mile, Tiago Downs, Yonkers Raceway, and uh, and all points uh, between 19 state and provincial racing, racing and or gaming commissions located in Ontario, uh, two of them. The Atlantic provinces of Canada, Delaware, Florida, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Texas, and Virginia. So... This this was an organization that uh, was mislabeling and and uh, doing distribution of drugs that um, were not uh, uh, you know pro- uh, allowed by the, the different uh, jurisdictions uh, racing commissions and um, so you know you're talking about a lot of a lot of states and a lot of people and this is something that just doesn't get taken care of just in you know just in a few short you know months. Um, this has been years in the making uh, for these investigating um, investigators to uh, do their due diligence and make sure that you know that when they do bring a case, that it's solid and, and it's you know uh, an open and shut book pretty much. Uh, that's what they're they're trying to do now, and and this is um, and this was in the harness racing um, aspect of it, and and not just saying just harness racing, but it also spills over into um, to the thoroughbred tracks and to the show horse industry, uh, um, you know, uh, to a certain extent. Uh, maybe not that heavy, but, uh, you know, but it still does. And, you know, I, I was just trying to say the other day, um, uh, you know, how, how great it is uh, to have something like this come out. And for many months, uh, they're going to talk bad about the industry, but at least it's showing the public. That we're cleaning up the industry and we're not going to have tolerate anything and there's going to be zero tolerance, um, you know, in, in this whole situation. Uh, the particulars also show victims 40, 40 pharmacies in Alabama, Connecticut, Idaho, Illinois, Kentucky, Maryland, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, and Texas as places where uh, they attempted and intended to place or cause to be uh, placed prescriptions related to their alleged activities. So in other words, the the company that was doing the misbranding and mislabeling of the medications um, to help uh, horses, um, you know, win races, um, it, it went all over the country. Uh, there, Literally, there's nobody there, you know, that uh, no states that weren't touched by it. Uh, in addition, 51 enforcement and regulatory agencies in the races in the areas of veterinarian and public health and pharmacy practices are victims. According to the particulars, uh, that's, I guess that's uh, lawyer talk when you say particulars in there. Uh, but it just goes to show you how um, thorough they are in making sure the wording's right so that when they do go to court, you know, it'll be an open and shut case, you know, with them. Um, 
so the victims, according to the particulars, they were located in Delaware, Florida, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Texas, and Virginia. According to the court records, the alleged, uh, that it's alleged that Grosso, while licensed in New Jersey and New York, wrote prescriptions for thousands of units of PEDs and that the, um, and that from the, that, that he from at least 2017 to 2022 or 2020, uh, wrote prescriptions and manufactured and distributed customized PEDs and supplied them to trainers across the United States. So in other words, this was a highly organized, um, you know, situation to where these, um, uh, illegal drugs were, uh, given out. Um, you know, it, it was just amazing how, how, uh, organized and how efficient they were, uh, you know, to do what they, they were doing. Um, you know, I, I, I for one, um, you know, I'm all for policing and rules and regulations, especially, you know, uh, in the horse industry. Um, you know, that, that's one of my big things is, uh, there's rules to go by. And if you go by them, then you can give a clean, decent sport, um, you know, to, uh, uh, the public. And when you do that, uh, then, then it makes you, uh, good for longevity and success of your, of your industry. Um, the other thing that, um, we'll talk about next week. And like I said, we're waiting for, um, court cases to become, uh, uh official that are going on last week and this week and, and that the, um, uh, verdicts, you know, are all in and, and, uh, who's going to appeal and that type of thing. But it involved, uh, Bob Bafford with Medina Springs that won last year's Derby. Um, the courts just, uh, last week just ruled that, uh, Medina Springs did have um, illegal drugs in its system and uh, that uh, the derby was taken away from him and a second-place horse, was, uh, Maudin Lynn, was uh, put up to uh, win in the Kentucky Derby. And, uh, and, and what's happened, uh, unfortunately, is we get people that get uh, so obsessed or, you know, get such in a routine that uh, – uh, I don't want to say they think that they're untouchable, but they're willing to take the risk. And when you uh, go into the Kentucky Derby, um, you have to make sure that uh, everything is up uh, above board, on the up and up, and it's to the highest quality and everybody follows, follows all the rules and regulations. Because what that did is that tarnished uh, a tradition that has long been standing for over 100 years uh, in racing and in our country, and it's a way of life for a lot of people. And when you have people that come in that disrespect the rules and um, uh, they don't uh, go by the rules and think that possibly, not saying that they did, but that they are untouchable, it's very uh, concerning for me and all the horsemen uh, in the industry, and especially when it comes down to the Kentucky Derby. And the only reason I'm saying, especially when it comes down to the Kentucky Derby, um, it's no more important than the regular claiming race at, uh, at a smaller track, and the guy does the same thing. It's breaking the law. You know, it's breaking the rules. And, uh, and that's what's uh, the bad part about it is. And then when you get into something like the Kentucky Derby, that's inter internationally known, 
and uh, people, you know, uh, see that. And, and again, when they see these accusations that are being made, they just see a small part of it, uh, the, the viewing public does, or the people for, that see it in the media. They just see a, a small part of it. A lot of people don't go and read the whole articles. They don't quite understand, you know, how that got there. But um, it's not like that these things are just one time with these trainers. There's multiple violations that have been committed. And, and now that they're going back in and checking out to see, you know, where these violations were at, when they happened and what happened, you know, was one of those things. Now, uh, Bob Baffert is uh, a tremendous trainer. He, he's, um, he, you know, he, he's a great trainer. He's trained, uh, you know, five, six derby winners, triple crown winners. You know, he did the whole thing. He had the chance to go on record as being the greatest trainer of all times. The greatest trainer of all times. You know, and and when you're in the horse business like we are, and especially like, um, you know, when you're talking about the derby, that's a chance of a lifetime to run in the derby and a lifetime of chance. You know, uh, and, and you, you work hard to get there. You go through um, all the prep races. You go through all the different things that it takes to get to the Kentucky Derby. And up until that horse goes into the gate, you have to do everything right. you got to be right on top of it. You sit back and you sit down in your chair waiting for a load in that gate. And you're thinking, what did I do that I could have done better? You you always second guessing yourself, saying, "Should I've gone to this race or that race? Should have we changed shoes yesterday, or should we have changed them? You know, uh, a week ago." Uh, there's so many things that you do that you want to uh, make sure that's right, so that you have the best opportunity to win that race. And when you have trainers that are coming in that are medicating horses to get that extra edge trying to win then that victory is a hollow victory and i i could not I, i've been around horses and worked with horses that have won kentucky derbies and it's just a, a tremendous feeling uh every every year at derby time it's a it's a memories that you feel it's the things that you did and, and like we said here you know at international equine network it's a journey it's a journey that gets you there and i guarantee you and i know and i've experienced this you talk more about the journey that got you to the Kentucky Derby than the actual win of the Kentucky Derby, because those are memories that can never be taken away from you. And, uh, you know, the, the, and just to run in the Derby is winning it, winning, but to win it, it's even greater. It's a, it's something that, uh, you know, you, you'll just never forget the journey or the win or the loss. And everything, but when you have the opportunity to win multiple uh, Kentucky Derbies, and then you come back and you get uh, in a situation to where you know you've broken the rules, and you know they're taken away from you. You know, Medina Spirit, unfortunately, uh, died of a heart attack this year, and um, and so uh, that's what it appeared to be was a heart attack, and um, but he, he passed away. And so, you know, he'll never go on to be a stallion or, you know, race again or anything like that. So the whole, the whole process involved is historical. It's memories, good and bad. Uh, they, they get you to where you're going, you know, in the horse business. 
But um, here recently in the last few years in, in the standard bread and the thoroughbred industry and, and uh, in the show horse industry, um, this medication thing and training practices and things that they're doing have just gone, you know, gone outside the box. Uh, you know, they're doing things to horses that, you know, that are just, you know, unbelievable. And so that's why I'm glad that um, the racing commissions and, and the investigators have stepped up and they've taken a long time to do this. This isn't something that just came up over the last, you know, year or two. They've been investigating these races and these uh, allegations for, you know, uh, 10 years, uh, you know, because they want to make sure that it's solid. They want to know how they did it. They want to know who is involved with it. Um, You know, you're talking about they've gone down to uh, uh, the trainers and and to the the grooms and to the hot walkers. Uh, You know, they're, they're trying to find out how this, you know, uh, contraband is getting around to the tracks and how they're being used and who's using it, you know, that type of thing. And it's all now, now it's all in the blame game on the people that got caught, you know, oh, well, so-and-so did this, you know, or my groom did that, or the horse picked it up in some feed or, you know, it's just these crazy, crazy excuses, you know, and, and when it all comes down to it, you know, the, the blood tests and urine tests that are taken from these horses that compete prove it all out, you know. And, and then once they find out that they've, they've uh, uh, violated those regulations and everything, then you backtrack it. How did that get into the system? And when you start backtracking, you wouldn't believe the stories that come up, you know, come up with, oh, well, you know, somebody came in my barn during the night and did it. Uh, well, where's your night watchman at? Um, you know, somebody's uh, uh, got it in for me, and they're they're doping my horses. You know, you hear every kind of excuse. They picked it up in feed. They was in the stall. Um, you know, from the previous horse, and you know, you, you see all these things that happen, and and they start pointing fingers at everybody, and, and you know, it's just kind of sad. But desperate people do desperate things, and uh, when they get caught, they're desperate. And when the allegations start coming out and the information starts coming out, they really get desperate then. And they'll blame any and everybody, you know, to get that away from them. But, again, it tarnishes your image. And once you get known as doping horses or breaking rules and regulations and cheating, it never leaves you. It never leaves you. You'll be remembered more for what you did to the horse to get them there than actually winning that race. Because that race is just tarnished, and it's an and it's a hollow victory, because it's taken away from you, and the world knows it. And the world, when the world knows what's happening in the business like this, then it gives the racing industry and the show horse industry it gives them uh, a new look. People, you know, say, well, hey, maybe they're on top of these things, and uh, you know, I can go out and I can see some racing and see some horse shows and. And know that uh, these horses are uh, training at their very best, and they're not medicated, and and uh, you know that and that it's going good for them. And that, that's about all I got to say, uh, you know, for, for what's going on now in the industry. Because every week, every day, something new's coming out, and um, they're having uh, talking about um, countersuits, and they're talking about appeals, and they're talking about all these different things, you know. And uh, when millions of dollars are at stake, 
um, you know, it, it's a dragged out uh, situation. But uh, thank goodness that our industry has realized and recognized what's going on in the business, and they are finding out, you know, why. They're finding out how. You know, they're finding out who. And so when you get all those things together and you conclude that this is what happened, you know, then you can apply sanctions. You can apply all the different things that, that you need to do. Now, in the case of Bob Afford, um, he can't run any horses in the Derby this year or next year. Uh, he'll, he'll be 2024 that he can reapply for licenses in Kentucky, and I believe it's New York that they can do that in and everything in the horses. And he's got a great, great group of horses this year, like he does every year. You know, and he probably has the Derby winner in his barn. And so now the owners have to find another trainer to train their horses uh, because they have Derby points and we're close to the Derby. And, um, you know, uh, you, you can't, you know, you can't go up to the owner and say, well, you know, sorry, you can't run in the Derby because of what I did. You know, the best thing to do is just to go up and say, hey, look, this is what happened. I'm sorry that it happened, you know, uh, to the owners and uh, try to save a little face and uh, recommend, you know, or have the owner send them to another trainer. And then hopefully uh, that trainer can pick up where Bob left off and, uh, you know, get them to the derby. And uh, that, that's one of the things that, uh, you know, I, I want to see happen for these. These are some great horses. Uh, you know, the horses have nothing to do with it. Um, you know, they're, they're just the victim. Uh, you know, they, they deserve a shot at, at, you know, obtaining equine greatness. And, uh, hopefully they'll get them with a trainer that can do that and everything. So, but that's it for me on, on the, um, on the illegalities and the practices of, of the, uh, of the training of horses, uh, and everything. Uh, I, I used to train horses uh, back in the day and, I tell you what, I couldn't train a horse to, a rat to eat cheese. Um, I, I just couldn't get them there. I could get them to seconds and thirds, but never could get them to win. You know, so it just wasn't in my, in, in my, uh, you know, uh, forte to do that and everything. And so when I realized that instead of cheating and doing drugs to get horses there, um, I took my, uh, my equine endeavors into another direction. And um, it worked out good for me, but at least I left, uh, you know, the training aspect of it with uh, dignity and, and with pride and, uh, and the things that uh, you're supposed to do, I did right. And unfortunately, I just didn't uh, uh, get to the finish line like uh, some people do. But um, uh, I really enjoy what I do now, and, and it's great. And uh, um, I'm a happy camper, as they say, in my Keystone, Montana trailers. Um, uh, we have a thing that, and that I'm involved in. It's called uh, MyRacehorse.com, and uh, it's really a great thing. It's how people can get involved in the horse business, and you don't have to um, uh, own, uh, spend a lot of money. You can go to MyRacehorse.com and take a look at what the offerings that they have, and what they do is they do syndications on horses, and uh, it's amazing what they do. Uh, you go in and you buy into a syndication for very little, and uh, then you're an owner. And you can go down to the track, and you can watch your horse run. You can go to the races. You can get in the wind picture. 
Uh, you take the backside tour. You can go to the barn and see your horse train. Uh, there's just so many things that you can do, uh, you know, with that. And uh, one of the things that I like about uh, MyRacehorse.com is the things that they offer. Um, they offer the the uh, novice uh, all kinds of things to do. And uh, if you want to be a big shot for the afternoon, um, you know, join MyRacehorse.com. And uh, you can do that. Um, as a matter of fact, it's the last chance to join MyRacehorse.com on Big Cup Day um, or Big Cap Day at uh, Santa Anita, uh, March the 5th. And uh, it's going to be a really great day there. Uh, MyRacehorse.com does a lot of good things, um, you know, for their clients. And, and they're good for the business. Um, uh, you know, uh, it's a whole new style. Uh, nobody around is like MyRacehorse.com, and they're very successful at what they do. Um, last chance to join MyRacehorse.com for a huge day of racing coast-to-coast with 15 total stake races featured across uh, Santa Anita, Gulfstream Park, um, headlined by two Kentucky Derby prep races at San Felipe and the Fountain of Youth. Um, with six of the 15 races featured on TV, on CNBC, and TVG coverage all day, um, it's a day of racing calendar you will simply cannot miss. A big day of racing um, wouldn't be complete without MyRacehorse.com runners. Join us in cheering on Forbidden Kingdom in the Grade, grade 2 uh, San Felipe and uh, going to Vegas in the Grade 2 Buena Vista at Santa Anita Park on Saturday. Now, see, for very little, you could have got into um, the syndication there. And if you go to their website, uh, MyRacehorse.com, you can look at the offerings that they have and see how much it costs to get into them. And let me tell you, uh, for very little, you can be a part of this huge day at Santa Anita Park. And um, you can go out there and rub elbows with all the owners. Uh, you might only just own a little bit of them, but it's just like you owned a whole horse. Uh, MyRacehorse.com is just uh, really good at what they do. Very classy operation, and uh, they do things that right. Enjoy the uh, the day in the exclusive 100 to 1 Club, a beautiful space that co- combines panoramic views of the entire racetrack with sophisticated lounge-style seating, live tellers, and a private bar. Um, perched three floors above the Santa Anita's fabled first turn, the 100, 100 to 1 Club puts you right on top of the action, provides a stunning view of the races run below um, you at 40 miles per hour. Um, we're planning a full schedule of activities, including fashion contests, autographed items for raffle prizes, meet and greets with trainers, a buffet lunch, afternoon snacks, and a cash bar. Valet parking is also available. Tickets um, are available now for $170 per person, non-refundable, on a first-come, first-served basis. Limited tickets remain. Act now to secure your tickets. We look forward to seeing you Saturday um, on, the, on the March the 5th at Santa Anita Park. And let me tell you something. You talk about being big in the game. You want to impress your friends and your family? You just go down there and you take them down there for that that Saturday down there. And that's a good price there. That's a real good price, uh, you know, to go out and enjoy a day at the races at Santa Anita Park. And MyRacehorse.com, they have get-togethers like this uh 
uh, at all the tracks wherever they race at when they have a horse racing. And uh, it's really nice to go down and spend the day as an owner, uh, you know, at the track and, and go to the clubhouses and uh, go to the food and, and uh, venues and, and go to the parties and everything. And it's really good. It's really good to do. Um, you know, so I, I was excited about uh, about that uh, to see happen. Uh, they've got them, like I said, at every racetrack. And then um, uh, Spencer Farm and my racehorse uh, dot com uh, debuted Fold Derby for Authentic, and um, this is really a unique kind of program uh, that uh, Spencer Farm and my racehorse dot com have launched a weekly fold contest on social media called. Um, uh, hashtag Fold Derby, uh, F-O-A-L-D-E-R-B-Y, which will showcase foals uh, from the first crop of the Horse of the Year Authentic, uh, which um, uh, by, by dot com uh, has. This begins this week and will run weekly, leading up to this year's Kentucky Derby on May seventh. Breeders are encouraged to submit photos each week of their foals. Uh, as they arrive and continue to submit as they grow over the course of the next 10 weeks. Weekly photos are due by the end of each day on uh, on Wednesday for voting through Thursday. Submissions will be uh, posted to Spencer's Twitter and Facebook platforms where fans will be asked to like, retweet, and share their favorite foals. The top two foals by fan um, engagements each week Will earn births into the Fold Derby, which will um, which will include 20 total entries, just like the Kentucky Derby itself. Um, it's like a full starting gate at the Kentucky Derby, but only for foals. It's upon the actual 2022 Kentucky Derby draw slated on Tuesday, May 3rd. The Fold Derby draw will be will occur, and each of the 20 foals will be assigned to a real Kentucky Derby entrant. So, in other words. Eh, if you and your full derby, if you um, get the number four horse, then you will be uh, assigned to the number four, uh, four horse in the Kentucky Derby. It's a spendthrift is often grand prize to breeders of these three folds associated with the first, second, and third place finishers in this year's Kentucky Derby. The winning breeder will get $20,000 to put towards a session, uh, a season to authentic in 2023, and the runner-up and third-place finishers will get 10000 and 5000 respectfully towards a season two authentic in 2023. Spencer will um, also match the same amount for all three uh, to donate an accredited um, thoroughbred aftercare charity and those breeders' uh, names totaling $35,000. So every which way you go here, um, you know, this is benefiting this industry and, and making it more interesting and lucrative for people to get into the business, you know, for relatively small amounts of money, uh, you know, to get to participate in things like this. It says, um, Fall Derby will offer weekly prizes for both breeders and voters. Spencer will be awarding 10 weekly breeders uh, authentic apparel, and MyRacehorse.com will be doing the same for their voters. So in other words, um, Spencer Farm, uh, you'll be uh, getting uh, uh, memorabilia, you'll be getting shirts, hats, derby, you know, all kinds of things that they'll be, you know, awarding uh, to everybody. And uh, giving away an official 
2020 Breeders' Cup Owners Cap, along with MyRacehorse.com uh, gift cards every week. Uh, so, you know, I mean, that's really going to be a great thing, you know, for them uh, for them to get, uh, you know, just by participating in this program. Um, sign up for um, this project uh, at uh, the Blood Horse Daily. Um, you can do that. Uh, it's just amazing. Um, there, there is a significant interest surrounding Authentics First Folds, which you would generally expect from a horse of the year with his pedigree. Authentic is unique in that, um, that there is anticipation among the breeding community and his 5,300 micro share owners and fans. Now, this is a horse that's done it all in the business. Can't get any better horse than this. And if you go to MyRacehorse.com, you've got the opportunity to get involved and own a piece of a horse. And Authentic has 5,300 micro-share owners and fans. That's amazing. How many people, you know, there's a good chance you'd be walking down the street. You might be able to talk to somebody that says, hey, I own Authentic. Well, you know, a little piece of it. And I own, I own a horse at MyRacehorse.com. It's probably the last two inches of the tail, the last thing to come across the uh, finish line. But nevertheless, I'm an owner just like the guy that owns the front half of him. You know, so um, that, that's what I like about the, these programs and projects that they have. Um, so, um, we wanted to be able to celebrate uh, him with my racehorse during uh, this year's run up to the Kentucky Derby in a way that would engage and benefit everyone. We look forward to seeing seeing the foals. Uh, Michael Burns of uh, My Racehorse said, the, the joy authentic foals have brought to My Racehorse uh, community is incredible, and the buzz of social media among his fans has been electric. We're thrilled to be a partner with Spencer Farm to bring uh, authentic owners and fans and breeders together to an innovative way to celebrate our champion. So, you know, that, that's a, another thing outside of the box that, uh, that everybody's looking at, um, you know, to develop and try to get business into the, uh, uh, you know, to the, uh, uh, to the business. And, uh, let me tell you something. Hey, for you guys out there that are really like the horse racing business, you know, if you want to get your girlfriend a great present, you go to myracehorse.com, look on the offerings that they have. Buy a share and give it to your girlfriend for, uh, you know, a birthday present, uh, you know, a Valentine's Day present, a Christmas gift and everything. And the great thing about it is, is once you buy that share, there's no bills to it. You just go out and enjoy watching the horse run and follow him as he starts on his journey to the Kentucky Derby. And they got a lot of good two-year-olds in there this year that will be on that journey to the Kentucky Derby. You might have another authentic in there. And, and everything. So that, that's what, uh, you know, uh, one of the things that they do here um, to get people into the business. And it's all uh, a good thing. It's fun. Um, you know, you can enjoy it. And no matter what horse uh, track your horse runs in, if you live in Florida and you got one running, uh, a, a horse that you have a share in running in California, you can hop on a plane, go out and watch your horse run that weekend. Uh, you know, that's the great thing about that, or New York or Kentucky or you know, you might have a, uh, a share in a horse that's running Derby Week up at Churchill, and that gives you even more reason to go up to Churchill as an owner, you know, instead of just a fan, but as an owner. 
and everything. So that's that's really good. But uh, speaking of the Derby and everything, we got a lot of good things coming up here soon uh, for the Derby. Um, we have uh, the Rebel Stakes is coming up here uh, Saturday the 26th at Oakland. Uh, it's our journey to the Kentucky Derby. Uh, we have a listed race uh, coming up. It's called the Patton. It's at Dundalk uh, on March the 4th. Uh, we have the John Battaglia Memorial at Turfway Park on March the 5th. We have the Fountain of Youth at Gulfstream Park on uh, March the 5th. We have the Gotham Stakes at Aqueduct on March the 5th. Uh, we have San Felipe at Santa Anita Park on March the 5th. Then uh, we have the river, uh, Road to the Kentucky Derby um, uh, Condition Stakes at Kempton Park in Europe. Then uh, March the 12th, we have the Tampa Bay Derby, and uh, that kind of gets us through the next couple of weeks uh, that, that's going to be here. So it's coming up quick, and, and we're following all these horses that that, that are going to be uh, you know, going to the Derby. And especially uh, this weekend, uh, you know, you can watch it on TVG. You can watch it on uh, uh, Racing Across uh, America's Day at the Races. You can watch it on intv.org. Uh, it's the Rebel Stakes. It's the 11th race. Uh, post time is 5:22 Central Time, which means uh, East Coast time. You're right at the 6:30 mark there. It's the million dollar uh, uh, race. It's uh, the Rebel Stakes, a Grade Two. Uh, for three-year-olds uh, by subscription. Um, it's a million-dollar race, and uh, it's a prep race for the Kentucky Derby uh, that, you'll, that you'll see uh, that, that's coming up here, crucial race. And, again, like we talked to uh, before about a lot of the horses that ran in earlier races during the year that were light fields that were five or six, uh, you know, horse fields, eight horse fields. Uh, again, we come out here, and we've got a – uh, you know, 11-horse field uh, here at the Rebel States, uh, and it'll be coming up from Oakland Park in Hot Springs, Arkansas. And that's the only derby prep race that we have this week. And let me tell you, this 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 race is going to be interesting because um, they got a Bob Baffert horse in there that's the favorite. And uh, this is a horse that's going to have to go to another trainer if he wants to run in the derby. So, uh, but for the, uh, for the uh, Rebel Stakes that we have here, Bob Baffert is listed as the trainer, but, uh, you know, next week we'll kind of update you on some of his horses, where they might be going and, you know, how, and the, the journey that they're going to have to take, you know, to get uh, to the Kentucky Derby uh, or not get to the Kentucky Derby. And um, But that's a new Grange, and that horse can flat out run. I mean, Bob has done a great job with him. Uh, he's a good horse. Uh, you know, he's, he's going to be tough. And this, this kind of horse that could just – uh, take it wire to wire uh, here. Uh, he's going to be interesting to see. Uh, another horse that um, I kind of like, but he's kind of off and on, um, his name is Ben Diesel. Uh, ben Diesel is trained by Dallas Stewart. Uh, he's a real nice horse. Uh, I don't know if he's that caliber yet, uh, but he could be. Uh, he's developing uh, every week. as goes by. He's getting better and better. And um, he he might be going to school or he might be teaching these horses how to run. Um, I think in this race he's going to go to school, and I think he's going to learn a lot, and I think he's going to come around, um, you know, maybe for the uh, Arkansas Derby or the Louisiana Derby or, uh, you know, uh, maybe even the Florida Derby. Uh, we'll see how he comes out of the race. Um, then, you know, 
uh, some of these horses you look at and you say, gee whiz, uh, I don't know what it is like about this horse, but uh, the, the nine horse that's trained, uh, uh, trained by Ortiz, uh, Barber Road. Uh, that, that sounds like a, that sounds like a racehorse to me. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> I said, uh, I'm going to name a horse, uh, and I'm going to name a horse after me. And, uh, they won't be, uh, they won't be winners, but at least they'll have a name. But that Barber Road, and, and you know, that's sad. As much as I know about this business and everything, and what I like about that horse more than anything <laughs> is his name. And I said, that's kind of sad. I'm supposed to be giving people educated guesses and, you know, doing, doing, you know, um, using all my experience in the business and, and what can I say about this? And I like it, Barbara Rhodes. So we're going to, uh, um, stay tuned next week and, and we'll give you a full report on how Barbara Road ran Saturday. Um, so that, that'll be good. But, uh, you know, that, that's our, our big races that are coming up this weekend. Uh, you know, on the road to the Kentucky Derby, just the one this weekend. Uh, you know, next weekend we got, like I said, you know, we're going to have about five or six races uh, coming up over the next week or so. And uh, we'll see what happens here. And then uh, just a real uh, quick closer here that uh, we'll, we'll give you here uh, is uh, the rankings of the horses. And I'll give you the first top five. Um Epic Center has, uh, trained by Steve Asmussen, uh, ridden by Joel Rosario. Um, he's got 64 points leading into the Kentucky Derby. Uh, the number two horse is Smile Happy by trainer Kenny McPeak, Corey Landry in the Irons. Um, he has got 30 points, uh, that we have there. Uh, we have, um, uh, Classic Causeway. Trained by Brian Lynch, he's got 16 points. Uh, written by our Red Ortiz, we have um, Poppy Cat. Uh, he's at number four. Trained by Mark Case, uh, Mark Cassie, Tyler Gaffleon in the Irons, and then we have a new one that jumped up there for Chad Brown, um, which is uh, uh, Zandon. Um, he's got 14 points, and Jose Ortiz in the Irons. He had a third um, in the grade two risen star on February 19th, and he was closing and really looked good. So um, that was kind of our rambling show, our journey on the journey to wherever we're going in this horse business. Uh, get out and see an equestrian event in your area. Um, nobody called in today for us, so uh, I'm disappointed in my four listeners that didn't call in. So, um you know, that's where we're at. Uh, we're going to be on the journey every Thursday at 1 o'clock on the International Equine Report. We thank all the crew at BBS Radio for helping us get things done. I thank all my friends and family that have helped me get over the last year or so uh, through the medical situations that I have. And uh, the journey's looking good. We're uh, seeing where we're going to be at next week. Join us next week at 1 o'clock on BBS Radio or INTV.org for the International Equine Report.